2: Hello,
3: I'm Barry Castanola, the host of the brand new Euro 2020 panel show quiz series Never Write Off the Germans, featuring a plethora, 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 I don't know, never said it before. Anyway, loads of your favourite comedians discussing the Euros. you have not had a sticker album <laughs> since I was eight. You must have had some triples and quadruples.
4: Yeah, I, got, I had a lot of concert dimes. There was a lot of Scott McTominay's. I could make a team of Scott McTominay's, but I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest it.
3: Now, what you should do is you should get all your Scott McTominay's, stick them on your spare room wall, and then invite them round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and having to answer some trivia and tricky football-related questions along the way. In one word, each of you, how would you describe... Robbie Savage's hair Unnecessary <laughs> yeah, <that's>, yeah. <laughs> So search and subscribe to Never write off the Germans from wherever you get your podcasts from Does it bother anyone else? It's called Euro 2020 and it's 2021 I mean, wouldn't have taken much would it? Just a bit of a redesign on the branding Tottenham, Tottenham Don't be a Clottenham, you want goals? Tottenham's got the
1: Tottenham, 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 Tottenham.
4: Top I'm saying Tottenham very, very often. Hot shot, give them all you got. Let me make it plain. Tottenham are the kings. The kings of White Hart Lane. Top
5: Ten Tottenham.
4: Hello, welcome to another episode of Top Ten Tottenham. I uh, hope you're enjoying these shows. Uh, joining me tonight, a man who's been on the Spurs show for pretty much since we started. The writer and published author, I like to say the word published, there's lots of authors who don't get, times. don't get anything away, the published author, here he is, Mr. Paolo Hewitt, how are you Paolo? Uh,
6: I'm very well indeed, and very honoured to, uh, to be here Mike, thanks
4: uh, for having uh, A pleasure, now, obviously we're recording this show before we know anything about Tottenham's coaches, as we record the show, the Pochettino rumours are abound again. Uh, yeah is that something you'd welcome or do you think it just it won't it never works second time round
6: i i do have a feeling that i mean as much as i love the man i do have a feeling it's a bit like you know when you go back to your girlfriend after mm. six months you know
4: and you realize why you left in the first place
6: it hasn't got, you know it hasn't got the same the only thing that i i do think that would would be in in our favor would be if pop comes back and says to levy okay I told you you had a stadium, but I told you it needed new furniture. Now, are you going to give me the furniture? I will come back if you give me the furniture. Then if that happens, then I think that would be a really good thing. Daniel Levy might take
4: it literally and he'll come back and he's literally gone out to IKEA and (laughs) bought furniture. Wow! Look at that. It's it's beautiful. The road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but I've mean, got a man I've got two for it... the price of one. I've mean, got a man to put it together for you. What's the matter with you? <laughs> you know. Anyway, we'll see. So this this show, Top Ten Tottenham, we're kind of doing throughout the close season. I just thought, I mean, lo- lo- lockdown one, we did learning shows about greatest player, greatest goals. But I just sort of thought that for every guest, there's going to be. Moments that crop up for all Spurs fans, but like your list, there's 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 moments that are going to be entirely personal to you. And what I love about your top ten list, I'd say half of them, pretty much half, I would say, are sort of classic Tottenham moments that I think most people have. And the second half is well, all over the shop, literally. (laughs) Uh, And that's what I like about it. So we're going to start in no particular order. I don't think. Um, the 1967 Cup final against Chelsea. Before we ask you why, let's listen to those goals again.
1: But Spurs had the edge. Mullery shot hit a defender. Robertson was perfect for the rebound. 45 minutes gone. Spurs one goal ahead. Bad for Chelsea. The interval robbed them of the chance to strike back while the iron was hot. Again, and decisively as it turned out, the sheer class of Tottenham Hotspur showed itself. From Robertson's header, Frank Saul shot into the net.
6: Why the 67 Cup final? When I was about five years old, six years old, I started playing football. And I fell in love with the game. And I fell in love with George Best, um, but it never occurred to me to support Manchester United. I just, Best was such a iconic figure. He kind of overshadowed everything. Where were you brought
4: up? Where were you living when you were five? Where were you? I,
6: I was living with this crazy foster mother in Bagshot. So bag anything shot. that took me, yeah, Bagshot, sorry. So anything yeah. that took me away from her was, um, was welcome. So therefore, uh, I'm reading a lot. Uh, I'm listening to as much music as possible. Even that young? A, age five and six? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I was advanced. reading great literature. I was Re- reading really? great literature. Wow, extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was in went, the Trojan horse, my friend. <laughs> 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 I know. <laughs> anyway, it was 1967. I don't know what month it was. And it suddenly occurred to me, it was a Saturday, it suddenly occurred to me that I should have a football team to support.
1: Right.
6: And at that moment on the radio, it was announced at Tottenham Hotspur we're playing Derby in the semi-final of the FA Cup. And I thought to myself, you know what? Whoever wins that game, I'm going to support them, right? Wow. Completely and utterly forgot about this thought. And Wednesday or Thursday, I'm at school, and somebody mentions that Spurs are playing Chelsea in the FA Cup final. And I replied, well, what happened to Tottenham Hotspur? Did you mean, I'm just looking up, did you mean Nottingham Forest?
4: We played was Nottingham, Nottingham for- Forest. We played Nottingham Forest in the semi-finals. We won 2-1. Do
6: you know what? I looked it up and I, th- I thought it was Derby. Thank God for that. So it was Nottingham Forest? Nottingham cool. Forest.
4: You could have been a Nottingham, Nottingham Forest, Forest. Forest I
6: could yeah. have been a Forest I could have won two European Cups. That's a fateful decision. You could have had Not the whole there. world
4: in your hands. Yeah.
6: Exactly. <coughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so on the Thursday, somebody said Tottenham Hotspur were playing Chelsea in the Cup Final. And I said, what happened to Spurs? And they went... That is Spurs, you idiot. Uh, and I thought, like, oh, that's my team. And then, of course, we beat Chelsea 2 1, and that was it. I was a top notch for Spurs. But the irony is thinking
4: about moving forward in your professional career and how much you have earned money writing about music, pop culture, subcultures, fashion from that era, 1967. I mean, as a kind of social historian, Looking back now, that 67 Cup final, the Cockney Cup final, the Summer of Love, London swinging Soho, it's, it's quite a bit of synergy there now, isn't there? I know, but obviously
6: I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know about Cockneys, I didn't know about swinging London, I didn't know about Sergeant Pepper, I didn't know about King's Road, Carnaby Street, LSD. Do you know what I mean? I, I didn't know any I was in bagshot, man. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't reach bagshot, unfortunately.
4: You know. Do you remember wh- how old you were when you finally saw the footage and, and actually watched
6: the goals that we've just played? Oh that's a good that's a good shout. I can't remember, man. I can't remember. Nah, can't remember. I mean, I, I've watched I've watched the game several times on YouTube. Perhaps it was then, Mike. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, so once you start, it's like a band. Once you get into a band, you you kind of just move forward with them, don't you? It's like when I got into Bowie. I'm sure you had the same thing in 71 with Starman. And then suddenly kids would go, oh, look, he's done a sound called Hunky Dory. And what? And Oh, he's done this, you know, all that stuff beforehand. I didn't know about The Double. I didn't know about Bill Nick. It was only... It was when I got into the seventies that that I started understanding the history of the club, and that came about because of the Glory Game book by Hunter Davies.
4: Yes, I mean it's funny you mention because I was just thinking that. When did I first see it? Because there was no YouTube and all that, and unless you knew some TV show was going to show old stuff, my yeah. dad, my dad bought back a VHS video recorder in 1978 79 i think it was 79 because i remember one of the first things we recorded was series 2 of 40 towers which was actually on the tv at that time and it was the big metal one you pushed the two bottles uh, buttons in record and play the remote control was on a lead that you had to run uh the big old vhs tapes and so I've still got, and actually I've converted a lot recently, I've still got Spurs games from 78, 79 onwards that wow. I've recorded off the big match match of the day. Most I've digitised now and given to uh, um, Spurs, Simon Pyman, who puts them on um, on YouTube. But wow. I have a memory of going out. I remember it was Christmas 1980 or 79. I remember asking my dad to buy me, it was the 40 Towers box set two VHS cassettes, £100. That's for the cost wow, of these box sets. Were wow. The biggest rip-off. The money they're making. But I saw. So I remember buying a kind of Spurs history VHS book. I don't think it was the Spurs 100 years video. There was one came out, and I think that would have shown, you know, here's footage of the 1921 Cup final and all the pate news. And I think that's yes. probably the first time that I saw it. And it was only when... DVDs started coming out. They started bringing out, you can watch the 61 Cup final, 62, 67 in its entirety. So, again, I did come quite late to those games. And now you think, you know, I mean, any youngster, as, as they listen to this, would have just typed in 67 Tottenham
6: and just gone, oh, there are the goals. Oh, yeah. It, it's just yeah, exactly. it's so much easier. Yeah, now. we didn't have that. We didn't have that facility. But it was reading the glory game that gave me an idea about the... You know the history of our fantastic club. You know so, and also because when I read the Glory Game, I thought that is what I want to do. I want to I want to write a book like that. You know, really, wow. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, God, by then, I mean, okay. So we're up to seventy-two. In the Wolves Game, right? Yeah, because that that book covers that game. Yes, absolutely. That season, right? Yeah. And by now, Martin Chivers is my absolute hero. I mean, I've got him on the ball and you know, as you know, I would you know I either. Real amazing moment with him, so I did his biography, and you know I grew up in a child. Well, when I was ten, I was put into a children's The foster mother placed me in care. Well, I was in care anyway, but foster care. But then I was put into care, care, proper care. You know, you know, out, out, going out, out, proper care, care. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, I had chivers up on my bedroom wall, wow. and you know, I just you know thing Anyway, cut to whenever I did the chivers book. And he says to me one day, I mean, I'm just in awe of the guy still. Do you know what I mean? It's incredible. And he says to me one day, I've arranged for us to go down to Southampton where we bought him from because some of the old players would be there and you can talk to them about, you know, what happened back in the day. So I meet him at Waterloo and we get on this train and we off we go to Southampton and the train stops at Woking. And I'm sitting there looking at him thinking, oh, my God, half a mile down the road is my children's home. Wow. why had you on my wall. <laughs> you know? And I couldn't tell him. I just couldn't tell him. <laughs> really? Like, why it was, not? I don't know. I just because because one of the things, Mike, is when you ghostwrite a book with someone, it's always about them. It's never about I didn't want to put my stuff. It wasn't the right time. But it was just incredible. So that Glory Game book, which obviously came out, I don't know, must be in 74 Must have been seventy three, I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 But that 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 um Anyway, that game, the Spurs V. Wolves one, at the children's home, we had to go I had to be in bed by nine o'clock. So I couldn't watch the game. I was I was so oh man, I can still feel the, the pain, you know. You must have been about I'm guessing you must have been around ten years old, ten, eleven years yeah, old. Yeah, well no, a little bit a little bit later. Right. Twelve. Yeah. Twelve, okay. Yeah. No, thirteen, thirteen thirteen. I was oh, wrong. Okay. Thirteen. Right. And, but they had very strict bedtimes, you know, mm. five to eight to go to bed at half seven, five, eight to nine, you know, do you know what I mean? So I had to go to bed. And I remember rushing downstairs because they used to have the Daily Mirror delivered, grabbing the Daily Mirror off the sidewalk and reading about this Chivers Wonder goal, you know, which I was just so gutted I'd missed. And I kept on trying to imagine it, you know, and all that. And anyway, I'm doing the Chivers book and – during it, I don't know if I went with you or it might be with you or maybe Rob White. Steve Perriman did a talk up in Enfield, and I went along with it with somebody. I might be you. Anyway, we went to this Steve Perriman talk, and afterwards I went up to him and I said, "Look, Steve, I'm doing this book with Chivers. You know, could I talk to you about him?" He said, "Yeah, well, come down to Exeter," and he said, um, "He said, by the way, I've got a copy of the 1972 UEFA Cup final." I said, I'd love to see that. He said, well, so would mine. I'll send it to Martin. So when, a couple of weeks later, I go around to Martin's, he was living in Potter's Bar, and he goes, Steve Perryman sent me the 1972 UEFA Cup final. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, shall we watch it? And it was the complete game. Right Now, in that game, at half time, Nicholson and Eddie Bailey had a real go at it. In fact, so much so that he walked out. He said, I can't take this. He walked out. So mm-hmm. the rest of the team were like, don't worry, Chief. Don't worry, Chief. It's all right. Don't worry, you know. And he said, I went out for that second half and I was fuming. Um, so we watched the first half, right? And when the whistle goes for half time, he just turns around to me and he goes, I didn't play that badly, did I? Why did they have a go at me? Still, all these years, still rancelessly. <laughs> still later, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, he scored the 35-yard yeah. goal which was just amazing it basically won us the cup didn't it yeah and uh it. Yeah. and yeah. he said to me he said you know what he said people that he said i have to tell you he said we had one minute to go it was one all i thought this is all right we've got one all draw we'll go back to the lane and, and sort them out then he said so i aimed for the spurs fans the spurs fans were behind the goal and i said if i boot it to the spurs fans they'll keep the ball for a few seconds you know, counting down to the final whistle. So he said, I just larripped it, and he went right into the net. <laughs> and that's how he scored his wonder goal. Well, let's so, uh, let's,
4: um, let's let's listen now uh, to both his goals, the header and the screamer. Uh, let's have a listen to them now.
5: <laughs> Superbly taken. Chivers picked the ball cleanly. A kick taken by England. Watch the goalkeeper start to come. He can't get there. He has to go back. Caught in no man's land. But the credit to Chivers, a brilliant header. 1-0 to Spurs. Chivers. Chivers again. Gilzeen spreading out. Where. What a shot! Kick that one out. Chivers second tonight. After Spurs had been pushed back into defence, and it takes a player like Chivers to turn a situation from that into that and a Spurs lead. Parks beaten by the sheer speed and surprise of the shot. Two brilliant goals by Martin Chivers tonight. Bringing his total
4: in the competition to eight. And Spurs to a 2 Lovely. Lead. I mean, uh, you, you never tire. I never tire of listening to those goals. And I'm sure no, that, that I'm no. sure that second goal, the more I do this particular series, will crop up more and more. That's a lov- lovely story. Now, the next one, again, I think will pretty much be on everyone's list. It would certainly be my list. Um, I was now the age... I was around 13, 14 when this happened. It was, of course, the 1981 Cup final against Manchester City, and let's let's uh, listen to. I mean, I mean, we, this is sort of intelligently marked in all our brains and psyche. This commentary and everything. Let's listen to that wonder goal now.
5: It's come to McKenzie. What a good tackle by
1: Graham Roberts, and now Galvin. Spurs have got two to his right, and Galvin wants to go on his own. Here are Still, Ricky Villa! What a fantastic run! It's scored! Amazing goal by Ricky Villa!
4: So, why does that game come in for you? Where where were you in your life? What were you doing?
6: What was well, your memories by nine eighty one? I was living in North London, and I was a staff member at uh, I was a staff member at Melody Maker. Right. Um. So I was. I'd interviewed Springsteen for the River album. I, um, Marvin Gaye, I'd interviewed wow. him. Yeah, it was it was quite something. And I was living in this place. This I shared it with three other guys, mm-hmm. and uh, we watched. We uh, I think me, Crouchy Boy, and maybe Jonesy watched the watched the game. And you know, obviously, would you? At what at what stage did you start
4: going to, to the games on a sort of I regular can, basis? I, right,
6: right. Mia Culpa, I didn't go until 1990. 1990? Yeah. My first game, which is why I've got the opposite game there. And the reason for that is because I couldn't believe I was working for Melody Maker. So I put everything into it. So, and it's a funny thing as well. And it's something, I don't know if we talk about it later, but, you know, football then, football now, when you meet someone... Especially a male. Hi, my name's Paolo. Hi, I'm Keith. How you doing? You're all right. What team do you support? It's the first thing now. Football is a national language. It wasn't back then. Mm. In fact it was more music, if I'm Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it was more oh, so what, what are you into? Do you like Bob mm. Marley, Grand Parker, the Beatles, whatever, do you know what I mean? Mm. So and also there was a lot of violence around yeah. it then. A mm-hmm. lot of violence. Mm. And uh, I thought I, I don't really want to go there and get my eye gouged out. You know, I must have read some horrible story, or so I, I didn't really. I, I didn't go until 1990. And you know, the funny thing is, Mark, it didn't really occur to me.
4: So, but again, time, uh, but again, I mean, you know, I think live football started sort of mid 80s or whatever. So you were watching, obviously, you had the radio. You're watching match of the day. You see, yeah, big match. So obviously, the cup final comes up. You know, our first. I mean, now I mean, at the time we couldn't believe it. 14 years since your first choice, the 67 Cup Final. We're in a Cup Final again. Do you remember the first game? Do you remember watching the first game, the one all drawn, where you were there? And
6: I same same place, North right, London, right, and just I watched at home. it. And I watched it recently. And do you know what I thought the best bit of the game was? Mm. It's a cushion pass that Chrissy e. Hughton does to Tony Galvin. It is unbelievable. But the funny thing about this is that I'm at Melody Maker, and, of course, they've put out the Aussie song, haven't they?
4: Yeah, Aussie's Yeah,
6: And an album comes
4: out. Mm -hmm. The Tottenham Hotspur Party album. And I think
6: to myself, well, this is a music album. I'm at Melody Maker. So I make some phone calls, and they go, yeah, you can come up to the training ground. You can interview Steve Perryman and Steve Harden. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I never knew this story. Wow. yeah. So I went up to Chigwell. <laughs> it was Chigwell, right? Is that well, no, Chesson? Probably Chesson, Chesson. Chesson It's a Chesson training ground. And I get up there, and the first person who walks past me is Martin Chivers. No. I mean, he's not playing for us, obviously, but he's obviously busy. I'm like, wow, well, Martin Chivers. You know? like I can hardly talk because he's Martin Chivers. And I go in this room, and Steve Perryman and Steve Archibald come in. Right? And for some reason, oh, Mike, man, I don't know where i go to Somehow, For some reason, I think myself, I'm going to interview them like they're a proper band. So how long have you been together? <laughs> Do you think the lyrics on this album will change people's? And Steve Archibald got the right hump, man. He walked out and said, this is fucking shit. And he walked out, man. He uh, no. But Perryman got it. And Perryman goes to me, he goes, well, you see, the thing you've got to understand, pal, is he said, we've got a big gig coming up at Wembley. Yeah. And if that goes well, we should be able to tour Europe in a couple yeah. of months' time. Do nice. you know what I mean? He got nice. it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. He got it. He got it. <laughs> and then years later, when I did my football and fashion book, mm. we, we interviewed Perryman. And honestly, there's been twi- two times in my career where I've been lost for words. And it was when he walked in and he sat down, and my mate's going, Well, go on, Powell, start asking questions. I'm just thinking by Steve Perryman, Steve Perryman. Because <laughs> yeah. I was asking about his haircut. Do you remember the right. haircut? the And yeah. dissuaded thing? Yeah, so so that 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 was that game, you know, going up to to uh, interview Perryman and Archibald. <laughs> and what are your memories of that? What about, I of, thinking, man? Why didn't I just talk amazing. to him about Tottenham? Well, you know, I mean? you, know, <laughs> you know,
4: you're a typical music, music journo, took it very seriously and, yeah, you know, yeah, your art yeah, yeah. very seriously. Uh, and what was your memories of that replay and that goal? Because it was just, I mean, even, it, it's the same. It, even it now, I, done, even but now but I watch it, and I think he's going to get tackled. All these years on, I think Tony, Tommy uh, Tony Kate or Tommy is going to get a, a, a tackling on him. It's there just is one bit where
6: he just loses control, just a little bit, yes. isn't there? Just where he puts yes. it in, it's like the ball, in, It's the same thing I got when I watched Lucas Moura score that third yeah. goal against Ia. It's mm. absolute disbelief. Yeah. Absolute discipline. I mean, we played a lot better in that game. Yeah. And Birkinshaw made, and I, you know, I, I read about it a lot, Birkinshaw made various midfield, especially in the midfield, he'd tighten that up and we, we became much more proactive. And Hoddle played a lot better, as as did our dealers and and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, it, you're still on tenderhooks. It's a final, isn't it, mm. you know? That one yeah. goal either way, is going to set it.
4: And, and again, don't forget, you know, everyone goes, oh, we're going to win that game. You know, we were 2-1 down with... Uh, exactly. exactly.
6: Oh, God, and 20 minutes to go mate, or That's like that. the 100th Cup final. That's right. And yeah. you've got this whole drama going on with Vila, yeah. you know, who's, who gets taken off in the first game and trudges around. Mm-hmm. It's like a film, wasn't it? it was Absolutely. Like a, yeah. It was like a film. It was just quite incredible. It really was, you know, and... Magic, just football magic, man. Football yeah. magic. I'll talk
4: about football magic. I think your next choice. I think I'd be surprised if anyone else brings this one up. It was probably around the start time you started going. It was the nineteen ninety one cup run. I think this was the quarter final, or the fifth round. I can't remember. I had to look it up. It was the Oxford game. Tottenham four, Oxford United two. Uh, let's listen to this uh, wonderful Paul Gascoigne goal. Gascoigne takes over. The crowd were pleased about that.
1: It was going nowhere, that attack, but it is now. Walsh, Gascoigne. It really is going somewhere now. It's a brilliant goal, and that's what he can do. And the crowd loved it. Gascoigne has turned an attack that was going into a cul-de-sac into one that may drive Tottenham down a main road into the fifth round of the cup. It was an absolutely outstanding piece of individual play. And Venables can smile and he needs to say nothing. 58 minutes gone and the ground lifted by Paul Gascoigne.
4: So why did you choose this one? First time I went to White Hart Night. Ah, what a game to go
6: to. My friend Simon Halfon, a very good friend of mine. Yes, I know to, Simon. You know him. He, yes. Yeah, yeah,
4: lives up the road. Fourth round, fourth round it was. Fourth round of the cup.
6: Yeah, I thought it was. He rang me up and he said, "I've got your ticket for the Spurs. It's ridiculous you haven't gone to White Island." It was just after Italian ninety, obviously. Lineker yeah. and Gascoigne. Yeah. And off we go, and I remember watching Gascoigne get the ball, and he goes past two players because I, I played football myself, so. I, you know, I do have a kind of, especially about uh, dribbling. And when you, Gascoigne went past two players and he, he, he kicked the ball a little bit too much forward. I thought, that's going off. And by the time I got to the word off, it was in the net. My thought was, that is going off. By the time I got to off, he, he put it in the net. It, I was just astounded by it. And it was just a wonderful game. I think Oxford scored first. So it was like, Yes, I oh, think they
4: did. Know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, they, we, they go. Were in the here for we go. Spurs time. are at it
6: again. Yeah, yeah. that was a
4: goal that kind of you knew we've won. What, could, you, could you remember your memories of walking to the highway, walking to the ground? I presume it was the first time, unless you've been past the ground before, <laughs> probably the first time well, you've been okay, in the, well, the What first, was that
6: like? Well, when I was 12 years old, the first football game I ever went to uh, was a Woking game, because I lived in Woking. And I went down to the ground and it was on a it was a night game, and this was a night game. And I was thrilled by the woking experience, and I was thrilled 50 times more by the Tottenham experience. Much larger, more people, the singing, the shouting, the chanting, you know, that whole White Heart Lane experience. Um, it was just it was magical. Floodlights. You can hear the ball whisking around, shout to the players, the crowd singing. Loved it. Really, really Did just that give fell in me the love you the bug to
4: go, right, I'm going to be a regular now? And even in those days, you could pretty much just show up and pay on yeah, the door. You could, yeah. You? yeah.
6: Yeah. No, it was a bit later on when a friend of mine, Stephen Harris nit- well, Nipper, said to me, Oh, we all go, we've got season tickets, but one of us has fallen out. Do you want a season ticket? I'm like, Yes, I do. And then that 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 was it. So, um, but that game was, you know, and I, I'm, you know, really in debt to Simon for uh, for taking me along because it, it was it was a great night, It really was. And ironically, we're recording this show
4: on Paul Gascoigne's 54th birthday, so there we are. Ah, That's Bon your maestro. Another bit of uh, synergy for you. And the next one again, I think, will be on. Uh, well, well I know it wasn't on, on, on Judy Welch's in fairness but certainly uh, on most people's top ten list certainly be on mine as well Gazza again uh, let's listen to it because again it's one of those clips you never ever tire of, of listening let's listen again to that wonder free kick beating the Woolwich the 1991 FA Cup semi-final
5: Maverick has gone forward with Stewart to the right Lineker and Howes to the left Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff. Oh, I bet even he can't believe it. Is there anything left from this man to surprise us? That was one of the finest free kicks that this stadium has ever seen. Neiman got his hands, couldn't hold. Spurs have the lead.
6: Paul Gascoigne. So why did you pick this one? Were you, were you there that day? No, I was, I was with my daughter, Sarah Jane. Mm-hmm. And I think I had to listen to it on the radio. Wow. And then I, did, I didn't watch it on TV, I listened to it on the radio. And I took her back to my flat and I was trying to... She was like, oh, how old was she have been then? Three, four years old. Because okay. so she wants to play with me and I'm trying to multitask. And But the thing I loved about that Gascoigne goal is afterwards, apparently when he was in the dressing room and Terry Venables walked in and said, Gazza, what an amazing free kick. And Gascoigne went, yeah, did you see that silly sob Bob Wilson? He only tried to save it.
4: Yeah, David Seaman. That's right. Seaman tried to save it. David yeah.
6: Seaman. David yeah. Seaman
4: There's the other rumour as well that the Spurs players heard that um, the Arsenal players that already had their suit fitting for the final. So after oh. the game, after the game when he's interviewed with, to ba- I think it was interviewed by Barry Davis, I think, he turns around and goes, I'm going to get my suit measured <gasps> like that. It was almost oh, like a dig. I mean? he, uh, a dig. It's a that dig. It's a dig at the Arsenal Barry. players that apparently already had their fittings when in You've
6: got to love Gascoigne, man. I mean, I feel for him. He's, you know, he's obviously afflicted, but, when when we did the football and fashion book, we interviewed the guy who had his who did his measured out and made his suit for when he joined Lazio. Oh, okay. Right? Wow. And he said, I just thought this this tailor said to us, I thought that's it, I've made it. The world's press is gonna be there. And I said, Gaz, if you can mention the suit, it was made by some so it really, oh, don't worry, don't worry, I'll do it. And so is doing his press conference. And of course, we're in Italy, so one of them finally goes, your suit, Gad's going, Mister Gad's going. Your suit, because he got it made in the purple of Lazio, right? Right. So your suit is fantastic. It's fantastic. And, La- and <laughs> who made it? And Gad would "Oh, the Rag and Bone Man." And the tank went. Right. <laughs> oh, Gad's my yeah. like, one chance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he had to do it for a joke. But um, yeah, I loved it for that. And uh, anyway, so. Let's cut forward to 1996.
4: I'm with, on tour with Oasis. Uh, <laughs> before, before you do that, I'm just thinking now, because we're down to the last five, let's just go to a very short break. And, we are, and we're back for the break. We're just about to talk about 1996.
6: Yeah, well, I'm, a, I'm on tour with Oasis.
4: Right. And we play Glasgow. When you say you're on tour, what, what are you actually doing there on a day-to-day basis?
6: I was writing a book on them. Right. But I was, I was pretending to be a DJ. Well, I was the DJ. <laughs> and the reason I was the DJ was because I thought, if I'm just hanging about with them and they know I'm writing a book, they'll go, oh, there's the author guy. Don't shut up. Right. But if I'm doing something on the tour, right. you know, the mentality, oh, there's Paolo, he's the DJ. I Oh, there's Paolo, he's right. But, and were you DJing? What, before the gigs? What were you doing? Yeah, before the gigs. Yeah, I would DJ before the gigs. Because that was a massive tour in 96. So that,
4: before, was, that was a big one. Then, I, I went to one in Scotland oh, somewhere. I don't know where in Scotland. I remember going to the Scotland one.
6: It's nuts. Uh, what kind of stuff were you playing? Oh, you know, so you'd play, I'd play a bit of soul, but you know, a lot of, a lot of 60s stuff. Beatles, mm-hmm. Stone Roses, Happy Mondays—you know. But while
4: you're playing, you, while you're playing, you've got your notebook, Hunter Davis-like with you, yeah.
6: Yeah, exactly. I'm doing yeah. the glory game, because I go into <laughs> the change, changing room and sit there, and, yeah, 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 and then running back to the hotel and writing down all this stuff, you know, which I could never decipher the next day. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we go to Glasgow, we walk in, and who's standing there? Gazza and five bellies. and oh. I'm like, oh my god, is Paul Gaza? Five bellies recognizes me, right, and starts going into one about my Robin Friday book, how much he loved Robin Friday, blah, 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 all this. Gazza, meanwhile, he's on a five match band, right, and I'm watching him, and he drank that dressing room dry. Everything, sherry, beer, whatever, he was just bang, 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 bang. And uh, finally, I got the nerve up, and I just went up to him and I said, Paul, before you go, I just want to say thank you. And he looked at me like, what for? said that 30 yarder against Arsenal and the smile that came on his face like that. He grinned like that. He said, Yeah. And I was like, Yes. So uh, that's why I wanted that going because it was a lovely, just to see his, his smile light up like that. Just fantastic.
4: Oh, that's lovely. And then, I mean, your next one, uh, this is the only one that I deliberately didn't put a clip in because it was almost too depressing. <laughs> uh-huh. I think it was uh, 2003, I'm guessing. Is that when it was? I'm, I'm going to look it up now. It was, well, certainly all the listeners will remember. It was the famous game where we played Ma- Kevin Keegan's Manchester City in the FA Cup. We were 3-0 yeah. up. Um, I'm right. It was the 2003, 2000, sorry, February 2004, uh, we lost to Manchester City in the fourth round replay, 4-3, after going <laughs> 3-0 up with goals by King... Keane and Ziga, uh, Barton was sent off, 10 men, and in that way, uh, we threw it away 4-3. Why on earth did you put that down as one of your top 10 Tottenham moments? Because
6: my dear departed friend Eugene Manzi gave me a couple of cakes which had, can I say Can I say what I had in them? Yes. It had marijuana, he gave me a couple of dope cakes. He nice. was big on dope you. Okay. and he baked them. And before I went to the ground, I popped round to see him, and he said, yeah, take a couple of these. And I said, oh, great, thank you. You know, put them in my bag, thought, That's, <laughs> didn't even think about them. Go up to the ground. We're 3-0 up. Barton's been sent off. It's half time. I'm like, guys, this is going to be amazing. Let's have a little bit each. I've got these things, so we all have a little bit each. And within forty-five minutes, we go from Alice in Wonderland to Apocalypse Now. And I'm, just, it, I remember watching. I remember what I'm right near the goal, and I remember John, the ball coming over. It was slow motion, man. And yeah. The ball coming over and John Macken. Macken who
4: never did John anything again? John
6: yeah. I mean, with a name like that, that tells you exactly what kind of centre forward he was. Yeah. He jumps up and he, I thought, he's gonna he's gonna score. I can't believe and he did. Oh, I went yeah. home and my girlfriend at the time, I walked in and she looked at me and she went, Oh my god, who's died? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Tottenham Hotspur, but the thing was. That was the start to me of the Spursy. You know, this is the Spursy. Yeah, this was classic Spursy, as they say. Oh, wasn't yeah. it, man? Wasn't it? Next time we played them, because I used to sit in the park lane and the Man. next time we played, the Man City fans were there. And we're shouting abuse at them, they're shouting abuse. And I saw this one guy, and he was just going like this, Mike, he was going, holding four fingers up and three on the oh. other, going like a traffic light four, three, four, three, four. And then thinking, oh, Holy it was such an eye, but I'll always remember. Next day, I go into my study to start writing. Computer dies on me. I've got to get this thing done. I ring up this guy, right, and I say, can you fix computers now? Don't worry. I'll be over in half an hour. Guy shows up, walks into my study, looks at all my books and says, are you a football fan? I said, yeah, yeah, I am. He goes, yeah, so am I. I support the arsenal. Anyway, what's wrong with your computer? Oh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It
4: was like, oh, this just gets worse and worse. I mean, you sort of said that was one of the first Spurs. We it was two seasons before, also under HODL. We had the Man United when we were 3-0 up against Man United. And it was the only time I've texted, you, you, you know, you know, Willie Hunt, you know, Willie Hunt, the uh, suit guy, my mate, Willie, big, big United boy. And I never forget, at halftime, West End upper in the sort of um, getting a drink with my mates, 3-0 up, I'm, I never, never, I've never done it since. I texted a rival fan, I think I texted something like, Massacre at the lane, 3-0 up. Yeah, And they went yeah, on to win yeah, 5-3 yeah. and that was when I said, never again celebrate. Yeah, you can't
6: do it, man. Even at 3-0 up,
4: never celebrate the Spurs win until the very final whistle. And
6: you know what I used to do, Mike, was before a game, right? So say you've got, we're playing whoever and I know some of I used to send them texts, like, really, I'm going to apologise to you now for what's about to to your team, do you know what I mean? And inevitably, we'd lose five nil or something and then come out. like, so, really, still want to say so. So, in the end, I thought, stop texting people. It's the curse. You can't, you know, you can't gloat. I think
4: a lot of Spurs fans do that. Some kind of weird psychology. I know a lot of Spurs fans who will have a, a bet every weekend and they'll maybe not a sort of match bet. Maybe it would be part of a five-fold or... A double or a treble. A lot of them will bet against Tottenham, and it's almost like if I bet against them, I'll probably lose the bet, which means they'll win. It's this weird reverse psychology. That and if I if I have the heartache of Spurs losing, at least I've won a bit of money to make up yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, just bizarre. Exactly. I'm thinking. There must be terrible. a bit of you then it's... if there's a lot of money riding her. There
6: must be a bit of you it that it's doesn't terrible. want to, to win. How can you watch a game not wanting us to win? Obviously, you remember the 5-1 against Arsenal, the League Cup semi, right? Yeah. We're 4-1 up. It's 79th minute. And Adebayor, who was playing for Arsenal, hit mm. the post, right? And I turned to my mate, I said, that's it, we've lost. We're 4-1 <laughs> up, with 10 minutes to go. I've got. we've lost. That's how it, that's how it gets to you. It's terrible.
4: It does. It does indeed. Now, the next one is, is actually... Uh, not uh it, it was a, on a football pitch, but certainly not a football moment. Uh and it was the moment when Fabrice moamba for Bolton oh, man. collapsed on the Tottenham pitch uh and and was well, was clinically deaf for quite some time. Why why did you put this one
6: in? Because I I was genuinely I was as close to crying as, as you could be because of the way the crowd the crowd were. And the way everybody in that ground was willing that man to stand up, it really was something to be part of that. Because the guy, the, the doctor guy, who persuaded the steward to let him onto the pitch, mm. was pressing his heart like that. And we were clapping up, come on, come on, like that. And to be part of that, I couldn't go out that night. I was so emotionally moved by it. And I honestly thought I couldn't go out. That there. there was a party, and I couldn't go out. I couldn't go to it because I was so moved by it, and left that ground thinking I'd seen a man die. Mm. I, I, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when we found out that he hadn't, you know, and I just thought, God, what an amazing, you know, what? I mean, obviously he recovered, and you know, obviously he lost his career, but you know, he's alive and he's healthy. So that's the main thing. Um, but that was just, I don't know. I'd never, you know, I would, God willing, I'll never experience that again. But it was in terms of emotion and to hear the whole of Spurs willing this guy to, to live, it really was something to, I don't know. It was so memorable. Yeah. And,
4: and, and, and I'm going to say this now, and maybe if there's any rival fans, this, this will just go, that's a disgraceful thing to say. And I won't name any clubs. I think there's certain clubs out there that wouldn't have given the man at the time the respect. I think there'd be people like booing, time-wasting, get him off. The Tottenham fans just knew there was something serious there. Were incredible. The applause. And I mean, I I, I didn't want to play that particular clip for various reasons. No, I don't. Here's a clip clip of when he returned to Spurs. Oh, cool. Yeah, he came back, didn't he?
6: He came on the pitch. He came back.
4: and, And listen to the reception now.
6: Over the PA
1: to the crowd here, and I'm sure in a moment or two you'll hear just how the crowd here feel about seeing him back on his feet. Here at treatment on the pitch, uh, to the Hospital. His heart stopped beating for 78 minutes, but amazingly, as we all know, thank goodness he survived. His inspirational autobiography is called I'm Still Standing. This is his first visit back to White Hart Lane since that night. Please, everyone, Fabrice Mwamba.
4: There you are. A, lo- a, lo- a lovely moment. And uh yeah. I remember he came back. And I mean you mentioned Closest to Cry. I think a lot of Spurs fans were crying, almost tears of joy when he came back. Um,
6: absolutely. It was fantastic.
4: Uh, one of those moments when you realise life is far bigger than football, no matter what, oh my so, God. No matter what Bill Shankley yes. once said. Uh the next the uh the next clip, uh, the next game is a game that I was with. Uh I was with you this day. Um this was the game I don't have the year down now. I had to I had to look it up. I'm guessing this was like two thousand and four. Uh I'm while you talk, I'm gonna look this up. It was the game at Old Trafford when we were 2-0 up, we lost 5-2, and the games changed on Howard Webb giving an awful penalty decision. So many we've had against them over the years. Yeah. Uh, it changed yeah. the game. And uh, we'll hear your yeah. extraordinary story about this moment after. But here, here's here's the first two goals that Tottenham scored. Now,
1: Chiluka, Chiluka's cross, oh, and Bent's there, and he scored. Manchester United nil, Tottenham Hotspur one, and Darren Bent has put. Spurs Luka Modric, and Bent again, has support from Lennon. It's only Modric inside the penalty area, so Lennon waits. Bent's there now, Lennon beating Evra, lovely ball. Luka Modric, it's two! Tottenham Hotspur have scored twice in three minutes, and Manchester United are two down at home. Impassive Sir Alex Ferguson watches, but inside there will be turmoil, surely. Cristiano Ronaldo hit the wall again, Palacios that time, and the second attempt brings a magnificent stop from Gomez. He will feel that one Manchester United goal could be enough to change everything. Patrice Evra, Rooney. Football Carrick's there Gomez got a touch Howard Webb points to the penalty spot and Gomez is distraught and Harry Redknapp is furious and Howard Webb is unmoved he says penalty 56 minutes played what a moment this is for Manchester United and for Cristiano Ronaldo who scores it's game on
4: there we are Um, talk us through talk us through this this game this moment okay so this is how
6: this is how life works okay me you and Robert Eason was Mm -hmm. there someone else I'm sure there was there's about four of us we go you you, someone has suggested going to Man United I I must admit I don't go to that many away games Aston Villa the um, I I never go to Europe I, I don't have the time you know um, so, but I had the time that day and it was great. We went up on the train and then we went for lunch, and I wasn't very hungry, but wine was ordered and I drank probably three glasses too many and <laughs> arrived at the game with you guys. We went 2 0 up. I'm in 7 7. It's half time. I think even Darren Bent scored. Yeah, That's well, how it was, good it it was right? you know,
4: it was, it was, uh, April the 23rd, Montreux, Montreux 2009. Yeah. Benton Modric, two up, t- 2009.
6: So, uh, Harry Redknapp was So, we're really happy. I go and have another drink at half-time because we're so happy. Yeah. We're behind the goal, second half begins. Yeah. Rooney comes through. Who, who was our goalie? Um,
4: Robinson? Gomez. Gomez,
6: it would have Gomez. been. Actually, it was Gomez. And yeah. Rooney Rooney brings himself on the ground and Howard Webb buys it. He ran out. He got the ball.
4: I mean, we were, I remember we were behind the goal. And yeah, as it happened, right. we all just went, oh, well done. Because you see his hand pushing the ball away. And then how... I mean, obviously, this is pre-VAR. And, you I mean, again, you talk about the capitulations. Man United 5-3. This was another capitulation. We were still 2-1 up. But we all knew we were now going to lose the game. We are now going to lose we the game. We knew what was coming. Despite winning. Yeah, and, and that you I mean, But you particularly... And I, I was just so was, excited. You were, you were very enraged.
6: I, I took it really, really bad. I, it was the drink, you know. You know, sometimes we drink. Maybe if I drink, I'm happy, but sometimes it can go the other way. So we come out the ground. we would lost five two, and I see a steward standing there, and I can't help myself. And I go up to him and I go, is this what you do? Is this how Man United win titles? You just cheat all the time. Is that what it is, eh? Diving for penalties. <laughs> all stewards go, no, mate, you don't understand. Yeah, I do understand. I understand you lot are a bunch of cheating. Dem, 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 dem. He's going, no, you don't understand. I do understand. I understand Ray Mooney and Howard Webman. And it's what did you do? Did you come him? say, said, no, you don't understand. Yeah, I do understand because that Howard yeah, you don't understand. I'm a Spurs steward. I went, oh, my gosh. And I was so ashamed, man. I was so ashamed. I just thought, I've got to get out of here. And the yeah. thing is, I've now got a four-hour train ride back, and I've embarrassed yeah. myself. i will probably embarrassed you guys. I'm just thinking, you know, oh, this is it. Anyway, I sit on the train, and Rob Eason, bless him, comes and he sits next to me, and he gets talking to me. And he starts talking to me about the Italian thing, because Rob's Italian as well. And it was a really nice conversation which actually led to me having a relationship with Rob, which led to Rob telling me about his grandfather, which led to me this year writing a script about his grandfather. So, you know, I was dealt a lemon, but somehow God allowed me to make lemonade, so I got a uh, script out of it <laughs> <very> <laughs> well. No, I,
4: I I remember that game. I mean, I, I'd actually forgotten that game until you said this was on my list. And I think to say you were tired and emotional was probably the the, the nicest way of putting it. But you were kind of all Spurs fans, but you were all Spurs fans at that moment, that anger and
6: frustration and just, you know. You set me up an interview with Spoonie and someone, and um, what's his name, the Italian guy, ah, on radio whatever, Radio Fight, we beat Wigan 9-0. Right, okay. Oh, what's his name? He wrote, he wrote the book on Capella. Anyway, you set me up an interview with them, and I did this interview with them, And then right at the end, they said, oh, by the way, Mike Lee says to ask you, were you tired and emotional when you went to the Mass United (laughs) game? I was like, (laughs) (laughs) just caught me like that, left hook
4: (laughs) back. Oh, I remember that now. Um, I do remember. I've forgotten that as well. Oh, God. Uh, This was also the Harry Redknapp era. Uh, (laughs) God, I remember this vividly as well. It was the Spurs-Portsmouth game when Darren Bent, Missed an absolute sitter in the last minute. Uh, I couldn't find that clip, but I got a lovely interview Harry Redknapp did subsequently about this moment. Let's listen to
0: Harry now. Darren was a good player. I like Darren Bent and I will get him. Yeah, oh good player. But I mean I did upset him obviously and it was <laughs> you know, it was the, we played at home to Portsmouth and there was about a minute to go and Darren the ball came over. I mean Darren was about a yard off the goal line, header, no goalkeeper in the goal, headed it wide and I got went on TV after and they said you know what you should have won the game I said I've got to be honest my missus would have scored that you know Darren wasn't best pleased with me I don't think so that was the end of our relationship to be honest but the amazing thing was a couple of years later I've gone Mel Morris who who owns Derby (laughs) asked me to go to Derby for two months to help out with. Darren Wassett, who took over as caretaker. Yeah. So I go down, Kevin's there. So I'm, as I get to the, I'm walking out first morning out on the training ground. I'm, oh no, Bent is there. <laughs> right? Now he hates the sight of me. I'm thinking he's been, he's been in that dressing room slagging me off. I bet he's giving me some right grief, Darren, in there uh, this morning. Oh. I walk out on the training ground. As soon as I get on the side of the pitch, I'm, I'm only stood watching. The ball comes over. He's 25 yards out. He drops his shoulder. He hits a volley into the top corner. I've never seen a strike like it. I shout out, Oh Bentley. My old woman couldn't have scored that one. <laughs> he started laughing. Everybody laughed. And that was the end of that we broke the ice and we got on great. Why did you put that moment in, in your
4: top 10 moments, when Darren Bent misses an absolute sitter?
6: Because I wanted to talk about the wit of the part lane end, mm. Right. This is, this is why I loved, I loved going to White Hart Lane because the crowd was so – football fans are really bright and intelligent and really funny, right? So after that game, Harry does the interview where he says, Sandra, his missus, could have scored that goal. Yeah. And the other reason I want to put this in is because it shows you how player fire is going. Did you know that on the Monday, Darren Ben's agent rang Daniel Levy and complained to him about Harry Redknapp distressing his client?
4: I didn't know that.
6: Yeah, that's what happened, and I thought, oh my god, man, where have we got to? Do you know what I mean? I mean, it was a it was a throwaway remark by Harry. It was fun. Daniel Darren bench should have taken it on the chin, but no, he gets his agent to ring up, and I thought, what is going on with these players? Yeah. And second of all, we sold him that summer, and he came back and played for Aston Villa. And when he walked out on the pitch, first thing Park Lane did was go, one Sandra Redknapp, there's only one Sandra <laughs> Redknapp. And I just thought, this is just brilliant. And I wanted to put that in just to play a tribute. It was, uh, yeah, it was January 2009, I think,
4: that game. It was a, a, a one-all draw with Portsmouth. You're right, because Bent was at Charlton, it was a, one of those talk, rumors that he was coming to Spurs for a long time. I remember going to Charlton and chanting "You're Spurs" and you know you are because it was the deal was going to happen, and he, you know came with a lot of promise. And again, how many times we talked about Tottenham strikers who come and it never quite works out. And sadly, he was one of them. And I just think the style of football we played under Redknapp was not his style. He was, bent, was all about in. target man, holding the ball out, laying it back for midfielders. We were like on the front foot, whipping balls in. It just wasn't his style.
6: I never believed in him, Mike. I never believed in him. I used to crack the joke saying those Charlton football directors are probably still down the lap dancing, clubs throwing the £50 notes up in the air going, yeah, we got £17 million for him. Because I, yeah. I just never thought he was... Yeah. He was of, of, and it really makes me laugh on Spurs media watch, you know, when... He pops up, you know, Darren Banks says so-and-so. And I think, yeah, whatever, mate. <laughs> Do yeah, you know what no, I mean? absolutely. But, I, you know, I just love the wit and the the, the wit of the – I remember Liam Gallagher coming to a Man City game, and he was up in the, one of the, you know, the posh boxes, giving his, you know, throwing his V signs and all this. And what did they sing? One Damon Albarn, there's only one Damon Albarn, and shall we write? Shall we write? Shall we write a song for you? You know, I mean, this is brilliant. I love that.
4: One of the chants I think was "You're just a shit Chaz and Dave." I think was one of the other chants. <laughs> you're just a brilliant. shit Chaz and brilliant. Dave.
6: See, that's what I mean. I just loved it. And I yeah. miss it at the stadium, man. I miss it at the stadium, and you know why? Because that club, you know, again, we'll probably talk about this in a minute, but. What they should have done with White Hart Lane is taken everybody as was and stuck them in the middle of the new stadium. Not this 500 points, 400 points, you know, I want a better seed than you. Just put us where we were because I used to go there and you'd see the same people week in, week out. Mm. People I somehow didn't even know their names, a lot of them, or, you know, what they did. They could have been anything. But we used to get there and get together and you talk Tottenham for ninety minutes, and if we scored, you'd, you'd they'd be your, like your brother. And if we lost, we'd be like grieving together. And then two weeks later, you know, repeat experience. Mm. And they've lost it in that stadium because now we're all scattered. We don't know. You know, I'm next to people; they're fine. And that wit, that humour, that that you know, it's it's you know, it's gone at the moment. You know, it's a real, real shame. And I agree
4: with you. The only thing that works for me, kind of counter to that. Is because you can now walk around the ground. It does mean friends of mine that I didn't sit with who might be in an opposite stand. If I was West Stand, though, East Stand, you wouldn't see them. Forget about it. You can now wander around. I'll meet you by you know gates, whatever it is. Entrance. Yeah, I know. Zone. I know. I mean,
6: I've got things. But, but I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I, know what I, you mean. I, I. I. To be honest with you, new stadium my white art line, give me white art line. Then you to, seriously. Yeah, fair enough. Put, put a billion pounds in the team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put it. On, put it on the pitch.
4: And then again, exactly. it's in- interesting. I'd love to know why. Uh, this was our the, the last game we played in anger, 23rd of May 2021. Uh, Leicester 2 Spurs 4. And uh, here is the wonderful Harry Kane goal, which gave him, for the third time, the Premier League Golden Boot. Here's Harry.
1: Indeed, he got himself in the way. Song to keep it alive. Harry Kane! Absolutely clinical there's anybody had put your
5: money on in this situation it is Tottenham's number 10 it's easy to snatch at these kind of chances just to take it too early but look at the control
4: on that volley so why have you put that one in Leicester Tottenham
6: in your top 10 Tottenham because moments. this season this season my love for Spurs has been seriously interfered with by the club I don't know if you've seen it, but I, saw, I, I took part in a film, um, a two-minute clip, which Theo put together with the Tottenham Hotspur Supporting Trust yep. about football, you know, everything but football going on at that club. Money, greed, but nothing about football. I was really, really... And when the Leicester game happened, for the first time in my life, I thought, I hope we lose. I hope we don't get this Europa Conference League. I hope... Lewis Sachs Levy, I hope this, I hope that. It, it was really bad thoughts, really, really bad thoughts. But you know what? You know that film? When I watched that film yesterday, my love for Spurs came pounding back in thingy. And I am a Tottenham supporter. And whether in the Europa Conference League, the Championship, the Vanorama League, the whatever, I'm a Spurs supporter and I was reminded of that. And I've gone from that game, which was, what, a week ago, whatever it was, to where I was in absolute darkness to now thinking, you know what, we're Tottenham and we will get over this and we will, we will move forward and we will be as one again. So that's why I've had it. That's a very,
4: very nice sentiment. Um, we're going to continue this conversation. If you want to hear more, go to patreon.com slash We're going to carry on. But for the rest of you, for now... Paolo Hewitt, thank you so much. No worries. Pleasure to do it. Really was. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social
0: Podcast Network.